who will survive? Means nothing. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream rise to the top. give you a show like you have never ever seen before why because i can hello everyone welcome to episode 86 of the positively processing podcast i'm your host steve fountis with me as most of the time is eric sanchez we're back Better than ever. Mm-hmm. Instead of the Eric Bischoff, I'm back. Let's just play the, the what was the Eminem song? Guess who's back? Back again. What song is that? Um, Eminem. Without me? Yeah, yeah without me. That's that's what we're going to play. Maybe I'll, I'll mix that in here. Yeah, Two trailer say. park girls around the outside. Around the outside. Are we the trailer park girls? No, but there are some, uh, you know, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> great, great, we're, we're great start. <laughs> I was, no. was going to say something, but then I, I changed my mind. Great start. Great start to this week's show. If you want to follow us, guys, on Twitter, please do. We're at PPW Podcast. That's where we all the interaction comes from, and that's why we've been able to stay relevant with all of our friends over the past couple of weeks where we've been off due to some scheduling issues, and I was sick, and Eric had some family people he had to take care of, and he was sick, so it's never fun to miss a show for a few weeks, but we're back. No, yeah. Better than ever. PPW Podcast on Twitter. You could follow us there, and you could subscribe on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your favorite podcast from. It'll feed right into your phone, and you can listen to us either, or maybe on your computer, work computer, listen to us there. And if you want to support the show, whatamaneuver.net, pick up a t-shirt over there in the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast section of that site. And also, if you want to send us a long-form note, just send me a DM on Twitter. And maybe mm-hmm. we could do an audio show or something like that. That'll maybe. be fun, too. Maybe. Maybe you get to voicemails and answer questions <laughs> that way. If, if people want to send voicemails yeah. or like leave an audio, I'm all for it. We'll see yeah. if anyone wants to. We'll, we'll see if anyone wants to do that. That'll, That'll be, be fun. fun. It's yeah. like Rick from Kansas. Hi, guys. This is Rick from Kansas. Maybe we'll just have you call in as Rick from Kansas. <laughs> I got plenty of voices. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, I do. You'll nope. see. I'll see. You're going to yeah. call me? I'll have, I'll have one for next week. Okay, good to know. So thanks, everyone, for sticking with us. Uh, this week's show is a little off schedule because the idea was we did our last show, Bash the Beach 94. So this was going to be the WWF's counterpart to that SummerSlam 94. Mm-hmm. However, now it's October 1st, so we're into fall. So we should be looking at maybe a Halloween Havoc-type show or a Hell in the Cell or even Survivor Series. But We'll, we'll do that next time. Yeah, in like six weeks when we're back to our show. Mm-hmm. No, we'll try to get a, a show again. Really, I'll come back tomorrow. Real quick. Maybe. Maybe we can try that. Anyway, SummerSlam 1994. We'll dive into that in a little bit here and talk about the sh- 94 in general and what, what mm-hmm. a fun show this was. I have a lot of notes about this as I went back and watched it. And I'm sure you do too. So anything going on in your world wrestling-wise? Any purchases you're looking to buy? Anything that's caught no, your eye? No. Nothing? Come I mean, on, I, I was weeks. watching some figure stuff, and I started watching some stuff on eBay, but then, I don't know, it comes down to pulling the trigger, and I don't want to do it. <laughs> Understandable. I, I, I always have battles with myself. I'll look at stuff, like, maybe I should start selling some stuff. Like, yeah. I was telling you I might sell some of these Funkos I have, and I still might, because those Funkos have always been, like, impulse items. I've never planned them, whereas you're yeah. more of the the pinwheel, the dealing 
guy. Yeah, I've kind of I've kind of backed off that though, mm-hmm. and just action figures in general. I got a lot like not displayed, and then I was looking at ringside collectibles, and I'm like, well, maybe I'll buy some of those stands, and you know, I add stuff to the cart, and then the the longer it gets, it's like I don't want this. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I just close it out, and what I waste a lot of time adding shit to the cart, and then not paying. <laughs> I mean, it's fun to browse. It is. It's like a browsing thing. I, yeah. I, even now, like, I'll go to the store and I'll browse around. And I love going into old random, you know, miscellaneous shops like toy shops and CD shops sure. and stuff like that. Down. And even like half price books has toys sometimes. I'll, yeah. I'll try to find. So those are always fun to look at. Mm-hmm. I had my eye on some thumb wrestlers. Like when I was a kid, I remember I had a two pack of Hogan and Big John Studd. So I was uh-huh. trying to find something, you know, decent in a package and that was kind of expensive. And I'm like, yeah. what about loose and all the paint's rubbed off? Yeah, and someone's dirty ass thumb's been stuck up there. Yeah. And I don't know if I if I wash it with hot water, if it's gonna peel more paint off. So if you ever buy something like that, mm-hmm. baby wipes is what okay. how to get all that stuff off because they're not the there's no like chemical in it like a natural baby wipe yeah but it will be strong enough to peel whatever like marks on there but it won't peel the paint off. I found that out. Okay through some trial and error with cleaning some LJNs I would buy in, in bins because I like LJNs in the sense that I think they're cool and like they're solid rubber figures, but sure. I didn't have them as a kid. Yeah. So I have no attachment to them. I might've mm-hmm. had a Hogan or an Andre the Giant, but I don't, I don't really have an attachment to them. So I want to buy them if they're super, super cheap Yeah. and I can clean them up. My rules are if there's not paint missing and if it's cheap, I'll buy it. So like cheap is like $10 or less is sure. what I'll buy it for. So I remember I when I... Is that your phone? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Do you remember Bo Ricks? Yes, the yeah. haircut place, Bo yeah. Ricks. So when I was a kid... Oh my God, I haven't a, thought about Bo Ricks in... There was a... Couldn't tell you. <laughs> there, was a, there was a Bo Ricks, like a haircut place. I don't know if it's nationwide or uh-huh. US only, whatever. Bo Ricks was like a Supercuts kind of. Yeah. But, but it was just called Bo Ricks. Great Clips. But or, like, it was like a cool kid haircut place. It kind of was. Maybe I thought yeah. it was, but go ahead with the yeah. Bo Ricks. Man. So Bo Ricks, 171st and 80th Avenue out by us. I remember they had a Roddy Piper LJN, and that was one of, one of my highlights. When I would go there, I would look for this Roddy Piper. They had like, like, a, little, like a toy area for the yeah, kids? Yeah, they had like a little wicker basket of like, you know, golden books and oh, LJN. And, jack that Roddy Piper yeah, and brought him so home I had me. it and I don't know I just always look forward to going to get my haircut because the Roddy Piper was there mm-hmm. and then one time I went there and it wasn't there and I was like where did where did Piper <laughs> go <laughs> but I don't know what happened but it was there next time awesome so it was fun well I mean if we go to this toy show coming up there was a bunch of Roddy's for sale so yeah. Roddy Piper LJN if he has the kilt he's way more valuable mm-hmm. without it he's not so valuable so you can probably pick a cheap one up if you want a okay. Roddy Piper like 10-12 right. bucks yeah, I'll do that. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, Paul Ricks. So real quick, this is completely unrelated to wrestling, but I remember... That's just how the show goes. Yeah. I mean, one summer, <laughs> it must have been the summer going into third grade, so summer of 92, we all got haircuts, me and Mike, the neighborhood kids. Oh, yeah. And I don't know who started it, but someone like got... all went together? No, no, no. We all got around, like, around <laughs> the same time. Okay. And I remember I got... Like a spike haircut. It's basically just your hair's cut short and you, you yeah. push so it back so it spikes up in the top. in there. Yeah, or whatever moose. it was. But one kid got a tail, like a rat tail. Oh. And then we all, a rebel. And we all got tails. Yeah. And then, like, I remember I got it and my dad was like, what the? They missed a spot in the back of your head. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, it's a tail. He's like, trust me, you don't want that. So they, like, like I don't know why, but like, they cut it off. Like, so I had yeah. it for like two days. They cut the tail off. But yeah. That's like a 90s thing. That sounds thing. like me trying to convince my parents I wanted to grow a mullet. 
a mullet. Yeah, and, like, uh, and they're like, why? I'm like, well, grow it out back and this, that. And yeah. like some kids at school was having it too. And I'm like, oh, you know, I want that. Yeah. And then my mom's like, no, <laughs> you're not going to do that. And my dad's like, well, you know, whatever you want to do. Yeah. So then I kind of, I'm like, all right, dad, I'm going to go with what dad says. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bad idea. Yes. I look back at picture of seventh grade, eighth grade, and I'm like, oh my goodness. You should listen to mama. Yeah, <laughs> should I should listen have. to mom. She always knew best. She did. The only uh, wrestling thing I bought recently is the Entertainment Earth restocked the Macho Man Slim Jim. Oh, yeah? And I got them last time, but I sold one to you, sold another friend. I was like, you know yeah. what? I need I need this guy. You so do need I it. picked him up. and Who he's cares if that hat doesn't look right? It doesn't look right. I bet if you take it out, though, you, it, it would fit. Did you take yours out of the package? No. It's just it, Did you at least open it out of the box? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Jeff from- yeah, the, I, I preserved the Slim Jim box. Jeff from the Fully Posable podcast literally just has his box because he's so MOC. Yeah. It's even on display and like Scott- So is, it just looks like a box of Slim Jims? Yeah. Terrible. So everyone shamed Jeff at Boo. Fully Posable and opening up that Slim Jim Macho mm-hmm. Man, at least a display. So shame Jeff. Yeah. I mean, there's a way to open it to where it doesn't look like yeah, it's Yeah, just an X-Acto knife or a box cutter. Just slit the tape. That's it. Shame Jeff. Fully posable. Also listen to those guys. They're really good friends of ours and really awesome show they have every week. And much like us, they kind of go off in a little tangent sometimes. They focus on wrestling figures, but they go yeah. off sometimes. So they're doing a thing now, which I think is fun. They do a nostalgia segment. And it's been 10 years since the Mattel line has launched. Yeah. So it's like... The original Legends line is like a nostalgia segment now. So they're going back and talking about it. And I remember those original Legend lines, uh, Mattels, they were everywhere at Target. And like I passed, I'm like Macho Man and Stone Cold and yeah. Dusty. I'm like, I don't want these in 2010 or whatever it was. And I remember being pissed when Mattel originally got the license because I liked Jacks, even though I didn't collect I like looking at the packages. So mm-hmm. I was like kind of like boycotting them a little bit in my own head. Yeah. So check those guys out, the Fully Posable Podcast. Yeah, 2012, 2013 is when I started collecting them. I remember I went to Walmart and I'm like, oh, this Macho Man and the CM Punk, they look really cool. Mm-hmm. And it was, I didn't know who who had made them before, but I really wasn't into figures for about, I don't know, 10 years maybe. I'm like, this one looks like more like Macho Man than I've ever seen a figure look like Macho Man. So I picked those up, and then, I don't know, just over the years, I started looking at stuff. And then, like the original um, Elite series, I'm like, man, they had a good boss man. Like, the uh, re-release boss man wasn't out yet. So I'm like, man, I need the boss man. I need the demolition. I, I wish need- I got Akeem. I saw a demolition all the time. Yeah. I was just... So I got demolition. I got Legion of Doom. And I kind of got them for, like... Well, I got Legion of Doom for 40 bucks each. Yeah. I mean, $40 for the team. That's not bad. Yeah. This is like... Do you still have them? Four or five, yeah, four or five years ago. But they're like Road now. Warriors, though, with the no, black shoulder pads. Are they? That's the red and okay. black. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of ones that I wanted, and I'm like, I can't afford this boss man, because he was going for like 80 bucks. Uh-huh. And then one summer, they re-released boss man with, you know, with a different ball and chain or something. I'm like, I don't care. I just wanted boss man. And mm-hmm. then they re-released the San Diego Comic-Con Undertaker. Um with the demon wings and the... Yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. The, the defining moments or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. But the San Diego Comic-Con had the whited out eyes. This Undertaker didn't. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. I'm like, if anything, I'll just white them out. <laughs> if, that, if, that's what, <laughs> if that's the look I want, which I didn't care. So there's a lot of stuff that's been re-released that's nice, like the the Mankind with the sock. Mm-hmm. Um, Cactus Socko. Jack, I think, was re-released. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of things, I think, yeah. pissed off original collectors. Yeah, that's true. They do that a lot, where like their thing's so rare, it's like, oh, here's another one. Yeah. You know? And it so. just tanks their value. <laughs> I wish they would re-release one of those Macho Mans. <laughs> yeah, right. WrestleMania 7. <laughs> 
I've seen him loose at shows with like a package for like thirty bucks. Yeah, loose, but you got to have him like. And I've seen him on eBay like without the the coat and the hat. That, I'm like, yeah, that kind of looks like Ring Savage, uh-huh. but, I, but I want Entrance Savage for sure. You got to yeah. have Entrance Savage. A couple other things I want to talk about just before we get started in the show. So yesterday apparently was International Podcast Day. Mm-hmm. So I just did a, f- a few people were cool enough to shout us out, and I really appreciate that. And this was just something I tweeted. These are just shows I listen to, and I think people should like. I mentioned the Fully Posable Podcast, uh, the Our Vantage Point Podcast, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. One of my favorite shows, the Lapsed Fan Wrestling Podcast, uh, the Ringside Podcast with uh, Daniel Spencer. He's the ref over in OVW Wrestling, uh, the Doing the Favor Podcast. They're relatively new, I'd say. They're less than a year in or about mm-hmm. a year in, and they've developed a nice little following for themselves. They do two shows a week. One's on figures, sometimes it's on merch, sometimes it's on wrestling. So check those guys out. They're, it's a fun show, Eric and Barry out there. And also the Breaker and Bane Power Hour. They've been around forever. They're one-hour shows weekly. And sometimes I struggle to let people know what podcasts are about. They're not necessarily like a gimmick. Yeah. So just check those guys out. Check out Breaker and Brain. Um, if you're looking for kind of a sample of it, a few weeks ago on the Fully Posable show, there was a special guest, and Breaker was on there talking about Harley Race stories after Harley Race passed. Harley Race had mm-hmm. trained him when he was a wrestler. So listen to that episode. It's a great episode, and then it kind of gives you a flavor of the type of content you'll get with them. And then also, all the way down in Australia, our friend on the Raw is Nitro podcast, He what they do is they take two shows, WWF, WCW, and like line them up. So, for example, they would have done Bash the Beach in SummerSlam '94, mm-hmm. and said which one was better, and kind of break them down. So, check those guys out. Do they Him do the Monday Night Wars, like what happened on you know, say they break down a lot of different stuff. They break down individual matches. Um, I'm talking about like the same week, like two shows that aired on the same night. I don't know if they've done that. I know that okay. usually it's pay per views, but I can, I can check into it. All right. So check those guys out as well. So all of our favorite podcast friends, follow them on Twitter. F- listen to their shows. Give them a chance. I know. There's a lot of podcasts out there, and there's a lot of, you know, famous wrestling podcasts, and I listen to those too. Just everyone, a lot, not everyone, a lot of people have commutes or drive somewhere. Just sure. flip it over, see what see what you like, and give yeah. it a, give give people a chance. So people have given us a chance, which I really appreciate. So give them as well. Those are my podcast shoutouts for the week. You love well, what happened when sweet. you love what happened when with Tony Schiavone. I love Tony Schiavone. It's like your favorite show. It is. It really is. Okay. I did uh, listen to Arn, the Arn Show. I can't find it. It won't show up on iTunes for me, but go ahead. It's called the Arn Show. It came out, I think, last Tuesday or uh-huh. last Wednesday. I mean, it, it wasn't coming out when I was looking for it. I mean, it wasn't coming up when I was looking for it, but I think I was looking for it before it came out. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. I think Arn just needs to you know, get more comfortable and, and figure out the the dynamic of the show and I don't know, just get more comfortable. Well, have you listened to Grillin' with JR? I have, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I actually prefer that than, what was the other JR's one? JR's Barbecue yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Because whenever JR would talk about women, he just sounded like old pervy. And yeah. Like, I can't. He's like, I oh. Can't, I can't listen to this guy. <laughs> it's like, just weird. Like, I remember when he had Sonny on, he's like, wow, you sent me some of those photos. Huh? I like yeah, them very much. Thank you. He's gross. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're all gross, but keep it to yourself. Yeah. It just sounds gross uh, when, you, <laughs> when you say shit out loud. Like, in my head, everything sounds great. Uh-huh. But when I verbalize it, it's like, ugh. <laughs> You're disgusting. <laughs> You're going to get me too, buddy. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of what I was saying earlier about not being able to describe like content, like what a show is about. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, Jeff is cool enough usually every week to give us a shout out in his show and like he kind of breaks down what shows are advising. He goes, the PPW podcast, they're, uh, they do shows. Uh, uh, they One time they did best wrestling songs and then the next week a pay-per-view. It's like we are all over the place. And one of That's our- That's good though. It is. And like, I think- It's like a- I think when, we, when they originally started this show- it wasn't to create a nostalgic retro wrestling show. Right. It was to think about like all the goofy wrestling stuff that I like mm-hmm. and all this stupid useless knowledge I have and talk about it. And I think as we've gone, we've kind of evolved and morphed basically into a show for people who were born between 1980 and 1990. <laughs> <laughs> and if you were in that area or even like let's say late 70s into early 90s, mm-hmm. we are like your wheelhouse for stuff because I feel like a lot of the stories we have, I'm finding other people have the same stuff where I was like, oh, yeah. you know, I would watch pay-per-views just by listening on Scrambled and I, people were like, I would do that too. And like, I thought I was the only one doing that or yeah. your story of like doing wrestling moves in the playground and people were like, oh, I did that too. It just, you know, it just. Well, we, it, was, it was like the big wrestling boom and we were, you know, but we, it, were, we were on the ground floor. But it wasn't, <laughs> but here's the deal. Like in 94, this is not a wrestling boom. And like. No, it kind of was. It was for us. But business-wise and like mainstream-wise, it wasn't. But for us, yeah. it was the biggest thing in the world. And I think that's in like ninety-five, like ninety-one <clears throat> to ninety-five or ninety-six, even. Like we were in this this area where it's like wrestling is so huge and important, but it wasn't that big. And I think right now that people our age are turning into their thirties and forties. They're going back and buying all this stuff when they were kids. Well, so the that value and, and, is just shooting getting, through the roof and all this stuff. And they're getting more into the podcast or sick of the radio. They want to listen to you know things that they have an interest in, right? And can relate to. So yeah. I think that's what we're kind of we're kind of morphing into. Is I still love the current product of stuff, and I yeah. still will like. There's stuff I don't like, obviously, but I'm never going to stop watching or at least kind of following what's happening. And I can't mm-hmm. wait for tomorrow night when. NXT and AEW go head to head. I can't wait for that. Both shows look stacked, and then Friday Night SmackDown should be huge with how much Fox is promoting it. Like, right? You watch the NFL this week; it's just every two seconds there's yeah. commercial. For like, it. I can't believe that they're putting this fake sport in with like their sports line. Right? It's weird, right? It is, but it just makes me think of how huge it is and how how much bigger it can become being on prime time or yeah, I guess prime time like that. Maybe because Saturday night's main event was always like, Hey, you know, it's finally on a show. Everybody or channel. Everybody can watch. Yeah. Now it's on Fox, a, a channel that everybody can watch mm-hmm. every week. Even the cord cutters get Fox, yeah. you know, just the, over yeah. the years or over the air. Yeah. Well, I guess Please. UPN or whatever it was back then. Smackdown. Yeah. But that was like a local like, affiliate. So you, okay. everybody had it, but you had to kind of find which one was yours. Oh, so, okay. A little bit different. Anyway, it should be a lot of fun this week. Raw last night was interesting with The Fiend and with the cuckold storyline with Rusev, which was kind of weird, but uh, fun stuff, you know? Yeah, I like the Hogan and uh, Ric Flair segment. Yeah. I like seeing Rusev coming out. Like his mustache? I do. Who doesn't, you know? He's leaned down a little bit. People still chant Rusev Day. (laughs) Yeah, they they cut the legs off from under that Rusev Day. He should have won the U.S. title at WrestleMania. He should have. <sighs> so when you were talking about SummerSlam, I'm like, I hope he, you know, said SummerSlam topic. I'm like, I hope he does, you know, 2013 or 14, just to kind of get a little bit more into like a, 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 an extension of today's product. Uh-huh. But it's like 1994. I'm like, oh, but then I watched it. I'm like, all right, this was fun. That seems to be the theme of every time I give a t- subject to you. You're just like, yeah. And then, <laughs> oh, okay, I sucks. like this. All right. Okay. So we'll, we'll, let's, let's jump right into it. SummerSlam 1994 mm-hmm. took place August 29th, 1994 at the United, United Center in Chicago, the oh, debut man. event 
of the opening United Center in Chicago where the Bulls and Blackhawks still play. Yep. It is a big arena. It's kind of dated now when you go there. But at the time, it was a state-of-the-art, brand-new place in Chicago. And there's a couple of things that were interesting about being here. One, I didn't realize this was on a Monday night pay-per-view. It wasn't Sunday. Oh, I didn't know that. Neither did I until I was watching this. Um, another thing... I recently, someone gave me like a best of SummerSlam 94 lead up like compilation. There's a few things I got to watch on mm-hmm. it. So there, there was a few things, uh, the kind of, they do a, like a Monday night raw the week before SummerSlam was, wasn't a regular raw show. It was Vince and Macho Man in the studio kind of hyping up the show for you. And they do like a lot of recaps, which is cool for me to watch. Cause I don't have a refresher of what was going on. So that's what raw was that day. That week, okay. the week before. I don't think there was a Raw that week. It was a the pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, I'm, it might have been. I'll have to look back on the, on, and see. Maybe which there was one. a Westminster dog, dog show. show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the weird thing, so they had the whole kind of story of Ted DiBiase essentially buying people to form his million-dollar corporation. Yeah. Poor Nikolai Volkov. <laughs> He's broke. He makes him wear the, the so singlet the penny. <laughs> with the said sign on. Yeah. I'm like, come on, guy. And then on the superstars, Ted DiBiase under, unveils the fake Undertaker in the Heartbreak Hotel. Mm-hmm. So they showed that, uh, and then they show Paul Bearer is on the hotel on the Heartbreak Hotel, saying, "I feel the Undertaker's presence, but he wasn't there." You know, because the Undertaker was missing. Because everyone knows well, you don't Royal know. Rumble. Yeah, you went up to the heavens after you lost the casket match, yeah. Diokozuna, all that stuff. So here's how my memory like goes back to then and then watching it now. Like I thought it was cool. Seeing the Undertaker kind of go up into the sky. Oh yeah, I'll, me too. Ninety four Rumble the, for me is like. And then I'm watching it now. I'm like, that was dumb. <laughs> like just the video screen. <laughs> you are like, not. I, like I thought it was way better back then. You're not the target audience. No, now. Ninety four, you was the target. audience. I loved audience. it. Yeah, you, I, I'm like, yeah. Now you did, but before no, no, you did. No, before I loved it. Now I thought it was dumb. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. old you was the target. Sure. Old, old you now is not the target. Young you was the target. Old you was not the target. <laughs> the technology was probably better that uh, you know today. Maybe, maybe there was always the rumor that it was Marty Jannetty who was being pulled to the heavens, but it actually wasn't him. <laughs> uh, what about memories you have of this show being in Chicago? Do you remember wanting to go to this? Anything like that? Ninety-four. <clears throat> I think I was kind of on my way out of wrestling. Like I would watch it on TV, but wasn't really keeping up with the whole lot. I, I remember the million dollar corporation. I don't yeah. remember any of these matches okay. being like top of mind at the time. Heart, uh, the heart match I thought was something I was going to look forward to eventually when it came out on DVD or uh, VHS, right. but I wasn't so pumped up to watch it. Yeah. This one was definitely one where I, I was excited about it, and I think the reason I didn't think there was a chance I was going to be able to go was because it was on a Monday. Okay. And I knew my parents worked. So I don't remember being on Monday, but I must have known at the time. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure I asked both my parents, like, no, we have to work, you know, on Mondays, so we can't go to them. We both work at nights. So my dad, the car dealership, mom, I'm at a hospital or at a doctor's office. So they, they weren't going to work or let me go. But I do remember feeling like a weird sense of pride because the WWF's first ever big event in this building was also was just SummerSlam, which was also the first ever event there. WWF really pushed that this was the 
first event at SummerSlam or at the United Chicago? Center. Chicago? Yes. Okay. At, 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 at the United Center. They're like, we're the first premier event here. Oh, yeah. Macho Man starts the show off. Yeah. He's the host. Crowd loves him. Mm-hmm. This show also kicks off with still got the old school SummerSlam. Yeah. Bring that. We're not going to rant again about bringing that back. We want the SummerSlam theme back. What did, what did you back. think about the the lines under SummerSlam looking like bacon instead of like the straight lines? You know, I didn't really notice it, so I guess I don't really care. Okay, didn't really care. I thought it was weird. I'm like, did they do that the year before? I don't and know. Then they, I don't think they did. I don't know, but the, like I said, Macho comes out, crowd loves him, and I was this show when I was watching gave me a lot of like, man, this guy was a superstar, <laughs> savage, and he still is. Up, oh, I got to pause here. I got my plumber calling me. We're back. Not a one take show like we normally are. What's going to happen is the plumber's going to come over here. He's going to do some inspection. We're going to record for a little bit here before he comes, and then we're going to finish the show up. So back to where we were going about how Macho Man's a superstar. I found later I'll talk about Razor Ramon's a superstar, mm-hmm. Undertaker superstar, Brett. Like this whole sh- maybe just because I was in fourth grade, was nine or ten years old at the time, and I was like, man, this is these are my guys. Yeah, this is my start. I must. Yeah, I was ten years old in 90, August ninety four. So it springs back a lot. The whole thing, the whole show, it brings back a lot for me. 94 in general, like I'll talk about as the show goes on, 94 in general was a great, great show, a great year for me. Okay. Not not personally and like school-wise, <laughs> <laughs> wrestling-wise, great, great year for me. Sure. So other things suffer because of your love of wrestling. And the MLB went on strike this year, which WWF points out a couple times, yeah. but uh, the White With Sox, Abe Knuckleball I was shorts. a big White Sox fan. They were a great team, you know, and they had to go on strike. It sucked. There's only one dark match I hear. Um, Adam Bomb defeated Quang. That's, that was probably a real mm-hmm. banger to get the crowd going. But show, like I guess I mentioned, starts off with the Macho Man. Uh, Vince and Jerry the King Lawler are the commentators. They mentioned to start that we have new tag team champions. The HBK and Diesel beat the Head Shrinkers at a house show the night before, the two nights before for those tag titles. So uh, this opening matchup here is Bam Bam Bigelow and IRS with Ted DiBiase. Faced off against the Head Shrinkers, uh, Samu and Fatu with Afa and Lou Albano. They won by DQ. This match is a quick one, and not probably not necessarily my f- choice for the opener, but I liked it. Yeah, I didn't think it was too bad. I, I just like the the big brute style between mm-hmm. Bam Bam and the Head Shrinkers. The head Shrinkers and, and even IRS got a little. You know, he did strong style in there. I always watch IRS matches now, and I still did. I'm like, man, he's so sweaty because he's just got <laughs> a business suit, polyester suit on. He's got yeah. to wrestle through it. Poor guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never liked IRS, which was the the point. Hated him actually. Hated watching him. The only thing I liked about IRS when someone would step on his tie and Bobby Heenan be like, "Oh, someone's <laughs> on his tongue." Post match is a huge brawl. After this, you know, it was just it yeah. was kind of weird. The whole post match brawl. I wonder, so what did you think about the the million dollar corporation? Um, that was Bam Bam IRS and later on the only thing I remember I have distinct memories about about the corporation is the WrestleMania 11 build with Bam Bam Bigelow versus LT. That's kind of my main. That's it. Yeah, and okay. I, I I do remember the cool, I guess spotlights of the dollar signs they yeah. would put the, on, on the ground and yeah. the entranceway and stuff. That was kind of a mem- a weird memory I have of it. And I just also remember poor Nikolai Volkov with his scent. I want an elite <laughs> Nikolai Volkov with the like scent million dollar corporation suit. Yeah, on. that's what be I would awesome. like. And I do like Billy Dollar Man. Like before when he's a wrestler, he had like the suit. Here mm-hmm. he's just basically got like a 
a giveaway blazer with some, <laughs> or like pullover with okay. like the million dollar logo on the back, you know, yeah. kind of like a windbreaker. It's kind of uh-huh. what he's wearing now. Right. He just wants to be comfortable out there. Yeah, he's, he's, he's taking it taking it easy. He's a manager. And then our first uh, look back at Leslie Nielsen looking for The Undertaker. This was a, I, I thought the jokes were funny. <laughs> like, we're on the case. Then they pan down, and him and him and his buddy are st- standing oh, on George the case. Kennedy, yeah, are standing on the briefcase. He's like, "No, we're on the case." Yeah, the campy humor. I'm I'm just kind of curious who they were targeting. Like, did Vince just think he was funny? Like, yeah, like this is funny stuff. It was like Naked Gun type funny. It was, and I loved Naked Gun when I was a yeah, kid. Like you know, spoof, spoof humor, airplane, all those great movies. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I I when I was a kid, I wasn't into it, and I'm still kind of not. But I could appreciate it. The yeah. Leslie Nielsen looking for the Undertaker. If you've never seen the show before, there's there's Undertaker's gone missing. So Leslie Nielsen, a fictional character, or a real person playing a fictional detective, is out searching for him. But he's kind of like aloof, like a doofus. Yeah. Detective. And George Kennedy, the same. Yeah. Guy. So like, they're, they're older guys, and yeah, they're uh, they're just dumb. odd. Yeah. It, it's fine. Like he's out. He's a theme throughout the show, and I never really got it, and I don't know if I still do, but. I'm not going to be mad at it. You know, it's yeah. fine. I don't know if I was into Naked Gun at that age. No. Maybe I was. I'm sure you'd seen it. Two and a half, 33 with, and a third. Remember the one with OJ and he was a robot or something like that? Remember the one where he was the umpire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, hit the. <laughs> I remember the. He's like, he's like one. And he's doing all the crazy moves and stuff. Yeah, starts yeah, dancing. Yeah, the uh, the one outfielder turned into a robot, like must destroy. Yeah. Walked when he, after the inning. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess I did see it as a kid. Yeah, you remember. I remember. I remember this next matchup. Alondra Blaze versus Bull Nakado. I loved this match. I thought it was really, really good. I thought it was amazing. Did you? Yeah. I, yeah. Was, I was sitting there, and there's some, some Alundra uh, Blaze matches I've watched that just weren't that great. Like Birth of Faye, I remember seeing that. That was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody, I don't remember who else it was. Maybe Luna, but there weren't a lot of women that she would wrestle. Mm-hmm. And just seeing her and Birth of Faye like, go at it over and over was just ridiculous. But seeing her and uh, Bull Nakano, man. They were they were good. Yeah, and like there's a lot of false finishes. The crowd yeah. loved Alondra Blaze. She Even looked, then, like the high spots that they were doing was, mm-hmm. I think, innovative and, and fun to watch. Yeah, it's for the women's championship. Mm-hmm. I would have opened with this match for the show. I think it would have really kicked the, kicked the crowd off right, but I, I was a big fan of it. I was happy to yeah. see Alondra get the W, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Luna Vachon's out there as well in, in Bull Nakano's quarter. There were certain parts I was hoping Bull Nakano would win. Yeah, you were kind of invested in the story. Yeah, both of it, and her hair is like, you know, 10 feet tall with hairspray. And yeah. I was watching that uh, stay tall through the whole match. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a great matchup for sure. Like I said, Alondra Bray's got the win, eight minutes and 10 seconds. Go out of your way to watch it because I was ready to almost skip this match. I was no, like, yeah, no. I'm just going to fast it's forward. It's a good one. It. It's really good. I would give it. <clears throat> if I were to recommend a women's match, this would be one of them. Like I've just in general, yeah. just like old, like different eras of history. If I were to put like a ten great matches of women, I'd, I'd put this on the list. You know what? I'm gonna show my daughter tonight because she's she's into it. So she really likes my little girl Penny. She really likes Candice LeRae now because yeah. she's got blonde hair and so does she. She's like okay. Candice LeRae. And I went to uh, Pro Wrestling Tees a couple weeks ago yeah. to pick something up, and they had like the little micro brawlers. And she she picked up the girl because she was you know um, blonde girl, so she didn't know who she was. And I yeah. told her, oh, that's Candace. And she goes, Candace, like candy. I'm like, sure, why not? Yeah. So she she really liked her a lot. And those micro ballers, I thought they were like mini plush for some reason. No, no, they're, they're hard, hard rubber. They are. Yeah. Also, freaking 
eight to twelve dollars. Like, man, these things are expensive. Why couldn't you pick like a bumper sticker or something? Yeah, I but, picked up the uh, Marty Skrull one. Yeah, at the show that we went to. They're like, I was like, these are really cool. So I'm like, oh, I don't want to start collecting these. <laughs> like, they're yeah. really cool. Yeah, like, I wanted to start, and then I was looking them on, on eBay, and you know, they range from like five dollars, ten dollars, mm-hmm. and even on the pro wrestling tees, there's like mystery ones. I'm like, well, I kind of want to know what I'm going to buy. Yeah. And there's some cheaper ones, but the ones that I was looking for, like I want a Colt Cabana. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's other ones that I wanted, but I'm like, the ones that I wanted. Colt's going to be at that Rise show we're going to. I'm sure he'll have some yeah. at the gimmick table for you Probably. to buy. Well, we'll see. Yeah. But just like anything, I have you know rich tastes, and <laughs> <laughs> I don't want the cheap stuff. I like it. I understand. I understand. But yeah, great matchup. Alondra Blaze versus Bull Nakato. Definitely check that one out. So after that awesome... Bull Nakano Alondra Blaze match. We go into another pretty awesome match. This might be the match of the show. I thought it'd be the Bret Hart versus the One Heart match, but we'll talk about why that didn't necessarily go for me. I mean, it was great. We'll get into it. But this match, Razor Ramon versus Diesel for the Intercontinental Championship. I don't know. Just I loved it. And yeah. I, we'll get into more details why. But overall sure. thoughts, I just thought it was great. You you thought it was great too, just sure. Well, I'm trying to find it on here. Okay. Yeah. No, I really liked it. I didn't. Um, I don't know. I don't think I've ever watched these two like have a good match. Okay. But this was this is a good match. I I just like Razor Ramon. Just like. Yeah, and this is prime time Razor right there. And this is also teasing the <clears throat> initial or eventual turn of Diesel on Michaels or Michaels yeah. on Diesel, however you want to do mm-hmm. it. And this is Razor. I'd say at his peak. WBF, so. like yeah. pretty close to it. Sure. Yeah. He comes out with Walter Payton, sweetness. Payton's still jacked here. Yeah. Greatest running back in NFL history. And he's almost 40, right? Yeah. Greatest bear in NFL history. Mm-hmm. Greatest bear in history. Just one of the top players of all time in his hometown. Comes out strutting with Razor. Yeah. There was a, on the uh, compilation tape I was or video I was watching earlier, I was telling you about, they do like a promo of Razor and Walter Payton at like a, and like the room or something, and like Peyton's house, okay. and they both do a toothpick flick at the screen. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you're not you're cool, but you're not razor and sweetness cool. Yeah, you yeah. Heard? Walter Payton, I thought was just always just really quiet. He was, but and have, it, I didn't know like if he was a fan or you know if they paid him a little money just to come out with razor. I didn't really feel like he was that into it. He might have been a little nervous, but he yeah. the parts in the match when he got involved, you know, grabbing Shawn Michaels and all that yeah. stuff. He was he mm-hmm. was there. He was. Silent but deadly. We'll, we'll call. <laughs> there you we'll, go. we'll call him. Yeah. Uh, there's a. There's also a moment here in the match when Michaels is taunting Walter Payton. That's kind of the beginning. Like he's yeah. kind of pointing his finger. I'm like, man, Payton is way bigger than you, Michaels. He would yeah. destroy you. Payton's in the razor shirt, the all over oozing machismo shirt, mm-hmm. which you probably still want. I do. The what was it? The one of the interviews Razor Ramon or Scott Hall did recent in like recent years, he talked about how him and uh, Peyton like switch shirts. Like Peyton gave him a jersey and he gave him a Razor shirt. That's like, cool. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Razor ones up getting the win in this match after Michaels comes in to super kick Razor Ramon. Mm-hmm. Razor Ramon ducks, hits Diesel in the face. One, two, three. Oh huge man! Huge pop of the United Center for the bad guy. Yeah. Walter Payton's son comes in. They celebrate. They're having the time of their lives. Sure. It was great. I I just love the signature moves of Razor Ramon and Diesel back then. It's like, you know, them two going at each other and then, you know, in a couple more years, they're going to be in NWO. I don't know. I I like watching this match, like knowing what was going to happen in the future. Yeah. And I, I was talking to you before we started this. When Diesel was in WCW, he was also Vinny Vegas. 
And when he yes. would pick up his opponents, you know, up over his head and, and drop their faces onto the turnbuckle, they called that snake eyes to kind of go with the, the Vegas theme. Mm-hmm. So ever since then, even as Diesel and then back as Kevin Nash and other wrestlers have done it, but that move has always been called snake eyes. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool, you know, as a little yeah. call, call I never thought about Vegas. that before. That's all, that's very cool. Look at yeah. you with your little factoids. <laughs> I come through about once a year. I like it. This, this show, this match in particular was right when I started feeling like this yeah. magical, like, Oh man, these are like superstars of superstars. Sure, but, yeah. You know, we're in my mind, these are like bigger than life guys, like they were in the '80s. But mm-hmm. as a kid, that's what I see. But now looking back, it's still got that feeling. But this wasn't a huge boom period, like we said for wrestling. But for us, it was. It was yeah. just great. And, and the characters and the I mean, they're they're good wrestlers. They're good storytellers in the ring, and even Razor Ramon's like his punches, just the way he's just a long dude mm-hmm. and to see his arms come back and then you know they slap the thigh and stuff but when he does the punch yeah um his abdominal stretch you know all that stuff looks good and it's like here here's you know, a thought. that's the guy so here's a thought so we know what ends up happening here in yeah. the next few months is bret hart loses the title over to backland because that storyline happens then diesel wins the title and then the mm-hmm. wwf's on diesel power for the next year i think they should have strapped the rocket to the bad guy i think so too. to razor ramon he's yeah. got the cool factor he can wrestle he can talk He's yeah. oozing machismo. I would have done that. And I think WWF. Yeah, I, I, I mean, what made Diesel cool? I mean, he was big, but I think Sean was the charismatic one. Uh-huh. With him and the two dudes with attitudes. Like, that was like the team. I don't think they should have. I don't know. I don't think they should have given it to Diesel. I'll, I'll think. I mean, I say that, but at the time, as a kid, I was running on Diesel Power. Yeah. I was in. I were wasn't. You, you were on, not on Diesel no, Power. I was, I was Ramon, Brett. Like, those were my two guys. Michaels? I really wasn't into Michaels till after he came back. Okay. Like the a little, second A little run? bit of the DX, but yeah. then, you know, I thought Triple H did a lot better. No. You know, with the second run of DX. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. The second run. Okay. Yeah. I was say in the initial Xbox, run. Xbox, Road Dog, Like that was like, for me, like the best DX. Yeah. So yeah, Razor wins the Intercontinental Championship here in a great, great matchup at yeah. SummerSlam 94. Next up, we go to the feud that will never end. Lex Luger versus Tatanka. This is all because Tatanka is accusing Lex of joining the million dollar corporation and taking the money. Yeah. There's a bunch of different little vignettes where it was a lot. Yes. And I'm, I'm glad it was because it sucked me right back into that time period of, okay. of the storyline, which I, I thought was one of the cooler ones. Really? Yeah. As much and as Tatanka was, you know, a native American. So he's all American. Lex Luger's <laughs> all American. It's like as much as a huge Lex fan as I yeah. am and was, Mm-hmm. I just hated this. Really? I don't know why. I hated it. And the fans even started turning on like you sold out. A little you know, bit. Who are you? A <laughs> little bit. But then, <laughs> who, you know, Tatanka's doing the promo backstage with Lex and yeah. before this match. And he's like, what about Lex? I come after my match. You're in Ted DiBiase's dressing room. And then what about this Lex? Million dollar man comes in your, ba- your room with a red, white, and blue a bag. Yeah. What's in the bag, Lex? Money. <laughs> he's just like, money? Like he got him. <laughs> You know, and that's all. It was good storytelling if you were ten. It wasn't because I was ten and I was not a fan. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I mean, all that stuff kind of leads to saying, "Hey, Teddy and Lex are in the bed together." But they were not. No. As this match goes six minutes, Lex Luger gets the loss after he's distracted by Ted DiBiase. Tatanka gets the roll up for the mm-hmm. one, two, three. And Lex is pissed. He's like, "Why'd you roll me up?" Yeah. Hey, man, it's wrestling match. What are you getting all <laughs> hot about it for? <laughs> <laughs> then a post-match Tonka attacks Lex, yeah. revealing all along he was the one that sold out. 
And he loves money. He was called the Native American, the Native Turncoat or something like that. So they end up calling him. Yeah. Then post-match, after he beats him up, they walk away. I like this little thing they do where Ted DiBiase and him are walking out, and Ted goes, why don't you give him a little more, Tonka? <laughs> a little more. <laughs> Tonka's like, yes, master. And then they go back, and he beats up Lex a little bit more. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't all, know. all without the red hair dye. Yeah, that's. I think that's when I turned on Tonka, when he stopped dyeing his hair red. Yeah. Maybe that was when I was, like, off. Maybe that was a uh, foreshadowing. Maybe. Next match is what you called the popcorn match. Jeff Jarrett versus Mabel. This is not King Mabel. This is Mabel with Oscar. Just a match. This I mean, the, the country Os- versus Oscar's rap. rap game was strong. It was. You know, I was into it. I put my hands in the air, waving around like I didn't care. He got, Every- he got a little SummerSlam rap in. Everybody was doing that. I loved uh, Mabel's moves. He's got a little dance in there. He's basically <laughs> wearing purple pajamas coming to the ring. Yeah, he has to. To hide that double butt. This match was just... It was rough. I tried I try to get into it. I'm like, well, it's got well, to be good. But then went, I'm, I'm looking at the card. I'm like, yeah, this would be about the midway. And It went almost six minutes. Probably should have went about three. Mm-hmm. And it was just too long. Um, Jeff Jarrett got the win over Mabel. So he was the next big star, I guess, they were pushing. I don't know. This was a year prior to Mabel becoming king of the ring and then challenging Diesel for the title at SummerSlam the next year. All right. Now we've got our semi-main event. Could have been the main event. Bret Hart versus Owen Hart for the WWF Championship inside a steel cage. Now, you talk about long vignettes. Because mm-hmm. they have to set the cage up, this is yeah. the old blue cage, this has got a ton of recap. You know, yeah. and, and they got the interview with Stu and Helen You know, in, in the audience, You know, asking them. The There's a few things before we get into that stuff I like. I want to talk okay. about. the. I love the initial Owen challenging Bret interview on Superstars. I remember watching that as a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember <clears> Owen being like, it's what I got to do, Bret. For me to step out of the shadow of you, the hitman, I've got to face you, Brett. And then the next week. That made sense. Yeah. And then the next week on Superstar, because it all started at Survivor Series yeah. 93, where, you know, the Owen was the only one eliminated in his brother's tag match against Michaels <laughs> and the Knights. Yeah. And he comes back all pissed because Bret Hart knocked him off the apron into the guardrail. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Brett comes back. Oh, I will not, uh, absolutely will not ever uh, fight my brother. No, he's not going to fight his brother. You know, his baby brother. Right. Eventually, uh, they fight because they do a fake get back together at the Rumble. Owen Hart famously kicks his leg out from under his leg. I thought they should have won the titles at that one. So did I. So did I. I mean, that would have been kind of cool. Have some Hart brothers with the title, but and then break them up down the, you know, blow them up before WrestleMania. Yeah, and and I'm watching all this stuff, and these promos are all great. And then we got Brett's promo on All American Wrestling. Owen's promo on All American Wrestling. Mm-hmm. These are like s- Sunday morning shows yeah. that you had to watch to see what was going on. Even though Raw was on at this time, you had to watch these these weekend at, shows. At what point did Brett like just say, "You know what? I'm going to fight him." Well, they fought at WrestleMania. WrestleMania. It was basically given to him. That wasn't like a, "I'm going to fight him." It was like, "No, you're facing Owen." Oh, okay. Because remember, they well, well he, didn't didn't he make a promo said, "Yeah, I'm going to fight you." I think you're thinking of a Kane Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. It was a, anyway, they had their awesome match for WrestleMania 10. We know all yeah. about that one. But this also has another promo where Brett is talking. This, this promo didn't make sense, right? So Brett's talking about uh, the steel cage match they're going to have at SummerSlam. And he goes, you know, Owen, in the SummerSlam, he always called it the SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. I remember when uh, you were a baby in your crib, and I'd re- peek over and see you behind the bars. He's like, and Owen, you would you would always cry. And I'm thinking, well, he was a baby. Of course he was gonna cry. He's like, You'll be crying again when I've got you in the sharpshooter and all this stuff. So 
Then we go back to the arena and they're still setting this damn cage up. Yeah. And Vince and, and Jerry Lawler are interviewing the Hart family sitting in, in the seats and you know, and he interviews Stu Hart. He goes, Stu, what do you think? He's like, I, 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 I think it's going to be whoever the best wrestler is. It's going to become done to the wrestling, wrestling. And then oh, Sherry Lawler's like, hey, big man, you idiot. Why don't you ask him how he always <laughs> held Owen Hart back? You know, and then they interview the Anvil, and he's all saying he's on Owen's side. The Bulldog's there and yeah. a ridiculous vest. This is the Bulldog's comeback after being in WCW for a bit, too. Yeah. That's a well. Which was the heart that was gonna was trying to keep Anvil in place in the, in the Bruce, Bruce? Bruce is always going to business for himself. He's screaming, "I'm, you're, this is on you, Anvil. You're the one that tore the family apart and all that." But, yeah. So this is a pretty famous cage match for being one of the best cage matches in WWF history. Mm-hmm. You watched it. I love it. Really? Yeah. I did too. However, I, I like. I don't know. Long. Just just the way. I mean, is it really too long? It's Thirty-two minutes. Yeah, I don't know. I just I just like the way Hitman moves around, and when he was trying to climb the rope, like he put his you know one foot on the middle rope and he'd bounce up, mm-hmm. like to take a step. Like he doesn't need to do that, but he just adds all these different elements to just make it more of a visual. Yeah, and just the leaping and jumping for the foot. I mean, both of them were doing it, which is I thought it was a good match. It's a really good match. Um, oftentimes it's like what's the best cage match in WWF history and all mm-hmm. that. And to me, my favorite's always been Mankind versus Triple H at SummerSlam 97. Okay. And it was between that one and this one for a long time. And after watching this one again, I still am going to put Mankind Triple H as my favorite. But this one's still very, very, very good. Again, it's just a little too long. I would have shaved like six or seven minutes off to have been perfect. Yeah. I did like all the false finishes of Owen like jumping towards the door, leaping, sliding across the mat to the door. right. And it makes sense. Logically, you want to just get out and win. You know, it makes sense. And then Brett is almost out there. He's mm-hmm. got his hands on the mat. And then they, you know, got to reiterate that it's got to be both feet yeah. to touch the floor. And, you know, it's exciting when, you know, someone's getting out and then you pull them back and, in. And, and you can hear the crowd going, oh, like yeah. collectively the 20,000 people in the yeah. arena getting nuts for and it. Then, and Brett's almost out. Owen grabs his hair, was able to pull him back in. And I don't know. I, I liked it. Me too. And the the giant superplex off the top of the cage. Oh my god, that was amazing! Crowd went nuts for it, you know. Yeah. And I heard that this they went long here, and Undertaker was pissed at Brett for doing it. He wanted his long, but <laughs> as we'll get into, I think Undertaker for Undertaker was the appropriate amount of yeah. time. It was perfectly fine. We don't need more time. For that. Uh, the ending of this match is very very creative. Both of those guys, so both Brett and Owen are, are climbing down slowly, and Lawler screaming, "Just jump, Owen! Jump! You can win the title! Jump!" And the crowd is on edge, like. Even like I know the winner of this match, I'm on edge watching it. Mm-hmm. Owen's leg gets stuck in the cage. He falls upside down. Bret Hart jumps emphatically onto the ground. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, he jumps. That's how long. <laughs> like I was counting how long they were up there for. All right, and like it was about ten seconds, and he jumped. I wonder if he was counting in his head. He jumped off the top of the cage, or the, I guess like three quarters of the way down yeah. the cage, and. Gets the win. And Hart, then, Hart gets his leg hooked in, which I thought Owen. was creative. Oh, yeah. What yeah. did I say? Hart? Hart, Hart. <laughs> yeah, Hart, Hart. The king of hearts gets his leg hooked in, mm-hmm. which I thought was innovative. Yeah. Until next year, and Sean did the same thing on the ladder. I'm like, oh. Remember him and Razor? Yes. Well. His leg hooked in the ladder. It was hooked in the uh, top rope, and then his arm got hooked. Well, I'm not saying that's how he lost, but he got hooked in the ladder. Oh, okay. I see, what oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I'll give this match a solid... A minus. I was gonna give it a what? Mm, I give it an A. Okay, so a little bit higher than me, which makes sense. 
Post-match, there's a little bit of a brawl where Anvil comes out, and they're beating up on Brett. Eventually, the Bulldog comes out to help, and it's just kind of a big, big brawl. Yeah. But great, great match. Definitely go out of your way to watch it. Um, it is long, though, so be prepared for that. No, did, we were, did Diana get, and Bulldog get knocked over the rope, or was that part of the, the pre-package? I mean, the um, guardrail. It was, it was after the match. Okay. It wasn't pre-packed. Because, again, this is oh, Bulldog's yeah, return. Like, return to the WWE. Gotcha. Now we've got our main event, and Undertaker versus Undertaker. Mm-hmm. What did you think of this storyline as a kid when you were watching it? I thought it was cool. You were in? Yeah. I remember being in. Because I don't think they ever really showed the fa- the Undertaker's face. No, yeah, the And hair. it looked more like Undertaker, and I was, I was confused if it was the real one. Yeah, it was very confusing, but they did a way, good job of pushing along because Ted DiBiase debuted him on the, I think the Heartbreak Survivor Ho- side. No, the Heartbreak Hotel. Like he brought him back. Oh, I was saying the original Taker. He oh, okay. introduced the Survivor. Series. He did. He did. Yeah, he even mentioned that in his interview. He's like, "I brought him here, and now he's back with me." Yeah, <laughs> right. On Paul Bear says it's not him. He feels it's his presence. I remember when they announced the match. I was thinking, how am I going to be able to tell them apart? Yeah. And then this is The Undertaker's debut of the purple attire, the mm-hmm. purple gloves. So that, that made sense. Well, the first one comes out in gray. You're like, okay. Mm-hmm. What's he going to wear? Yeah. What's he going to wear? Purple was really cool. I don't know. I just, the match itself was pretty bad. And they can never really get going because you have two guys doing the same gimmick with each other. So Which that was is slow. And... Yeah. They do a big uh, smoke and mirrors at the beginning with Paul Bear with this giant Basically, it looks like a tobacco spittoon mm-hmm. of an urn, and the light's shining out of it, and the crowd's going nuts for it. Yeah. So everyone's into it, you know, but the match itself just, it's not a good match. And When, when I was younger and I saw this, I thought it was cool with the with the urn yeah. and the big old spotlight coming out of it, because I didn't realize it was a spotlight. I, I don't know what I thought it was when I was younger. I thought yeah, it was like magic. a spirit or something. Sure. <laughs> but I'm watching it now, and just the way he's like moving it around, it's like, come on. Right. How come I didn't see that as a kid? He was just moving a, you know, a flashlight around yeah, right. the audience. Either way, it was it was a very interesting story, mm-hmm. and everybody was into it. Undertaker gets the win. Real Undertaker, <laughs> by the way. Okay. Under, I had to do it. Gets the win. And the faker goes away until he comes back as chains from the DOA. That's who he was. Yeah. All right. Show wraps up with Leslie Nielsen holding the case. And then his buddy's like, you've cracked the case. I don't know how you've done it. So they had to wrap up Leslie Nielsen for some reason. No, they pointed to a closed a briefcase. Closed case. He's like, oh, closed, the right. case is closed. He's like, what do you uh, mean? He's like, look, the case is closed. Briefcase. You loved it. You're cracking. You're, you're, you're giggling. <laughs> I was. I wrote those down. I'm like, that's some good You're, you're like, tee-hee-hee-hee-hee. <laughs> I'm going to add that to my Thursday night routine. My Think. open mic night. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get a briefcase. All right. So we have SummerSlam 94. What will you give SummerSlam 94 as a uh, letter grade? I'd give it a B. Okay. I think I'll give it a B plus. Um, just because I really think that Razor Diesel match and the Alondra Blaze Bull and the Cotto match are yeah. damn, damn good. Opening match I thought was fine. Fine, yeah. But there's... The only the only dumper was... The, <laughs> <laughs> was Mabel and uh, Jarrett. Can we use dumper sure. as, our, as our standard now going yeah, forward? It's a dumper. Like I got to take a dump during this match? <laughs> yeah. I like it. We're going to use the dumper going forward. I'm going to give it a B plus. SummerSlam 94, everybody. On October Check 1st. It out. Brother. No Hulk Hogan. No Hulk Hogan in SummerSlam 93 either. Or 92 and I think about it. So That's okay. Yes. I didn't even realize it. No. No Warrior? Nobody. Jeez. Nobody. So Hogan's over in the WCW. Facing Ric Flair at Bash at the Beach. 
Great show. Go. This is. Would you advise people to go watch the show? Absolutely. Okay. Gets Eric's steal of approval. My steal or seal? I don't know. It's been a long show. All right. It's been a steal of a good time. It has been. It's been a fun show this week, and I'm glad we got back to it. I'm really going to try to get back into this again with you next Say week. That every time. Stuff comes up, man. I got I kids. You got you got nothing to do. I but got, I've got I things got to do. I got kids too. You've got, I've got kids by proxy. Kind and, of. And I have elderly kids. That's true. You have to you do take care of your parents. That's very good of you to do. You're a good you're a good boy. A good young man. <laughs> I'm a good man. <laughs> a good man. Um next week we I think I'm thinking of doing a show of I'm, I'm if, if I don't know if I'm gonna have enough topic to talk about, but start thinking about it now. We'll have enough. We always go off topic. We do. But I'm start thinking about like weird wrestling stuff you used to do as a kid. Like so one example I thought of, I don't know what like made me think of it, was I used to go Sir Speedy Printing in Orland Park. It's still actually open. And I would take a, like a WWF magazine. You know, they'd have like the promo for like the next paper, like WrestleMania Survivor mm-hmm. Series. I'd bring it to them, have them make a copy and blow it up so I'd have my own poster. I couldn't believe yeah. they would do it for me. It would be like a dollar twelve or something like that. Yeah. And then like all these posters in my room. I was like, where are you getting these? I'm like, oh, I'm going to the printing, <laughs> print. printing press. <laughs> and, yeah. And I was, you know, 10, 11 years old doing that. So weird yeah. stuff like that that you would do wrestling wise. So think of that and we'll talk about that next week. All right. I remember I used to sketch. Um, like some magazine covers. Okay. I wouldn't trace them. I would like kind of look. I, I remember a Randy Savage one, and I would start with like the nose, mm-hmm. and then the, then the beard. I mean, the, the people with the beards made it easier because sure. I didn't have to do any draw lines or, you know, stuff like that. So I remember doing the nose and the glasses and the hat. And I'm like, oh, this is turning out pretty good. Mm-hmm. And it probably was good. I don't know. My parents like, oh, that looks just like him. Cool. They could have just blown smoke up my little ass. <laughs> I you specified your little ass, mm-hmm. your mullet, blowing smoke up your mullet. <laughs> my mullet's ass. Oh, geez, that's gross. Is it though? I don't know. My rat tail no. that I had for a couple of days. <laughs> you, I listened to my parents. You should have listened to your parents. Yeah. I remember there was a couple of kids that had rat tails mm-hmm. and they were like the baddies. Like, right. They were like the tough kids. I think one of the initial rat tail kid was like a bad kid. Yeah. He was like. He's yeah. like, I want to be a bad kid. <laughs> <laughs> it was summer. Summer was like you do whatever yeah, you want. You had parents head. that told you no. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> PPW podcast where we talk wrestling and rat tails. Mm-hmm. That's a t-shirt. Wrestling and rat tails. <laughs> oh, there you go. Now you got to sport a rat tail. <laughs> I, do in I? Public. Yeah. In public? My my daughter, uh, Molly's got a little rat tail growing in because she's still growing her hair. So I'll take a picture of it. She'll be the, uh, the mascot. Rat girl? No, rat tails. Just wrestling rat, ta- rat tails. Wrestling with rat tails. We're changing tail. the name of this. <laughs> That's the name of our podcast, Wrestling with Wrestling and Rat Tails? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm down. I'm down for it. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in this week, and thank you for following and staying along with us while we were at our brief little break. We'll be back as soon as possible with our next show. Anything else, Eric, before we close up shop for the day, the week? Nope. Just looking forward to this upcoming Friday, SmackDown. Yes. And then uh, tomorrow. AEW Dynamite. AEW. Are you going to watch AEW live or NXT live? Are you, going to, are you going to flip? Are you going to flip? I'm not going to flip. Back and forth. I'm not going to flip. What First commercial well, break? Because I'm going to record both of them. You're not watching either live? No. Really? I hate commercials. You know what? My daughter now, that she's grown up in a world of like DVR, yeah. when she watches live TV, she's trying to fast forward. I'm like, you can't. Why not? Now I'm like making her watch it so she has to like sit there yeah. commercially. Well, don't I, torture her. I mean, you got to learn, you know? <laughs> you got to learn. But yeah. Hey, you don't. 
I don't know. Like I was all about AEW Live, but that Candice LeRae Shayna Baszler match and the uh, yeah. Adam Cole Matt Riddle, I'm like, man, I gotta see those. Yeah. So it's, it's it's tough, you know. You gotta watch them both. Yeah, the Matt Riddle and Killian Dane, those are two pretty good matches. Uh huh. It's gonna be something to see. Yeah, I'm just waiting for when they run out of stuff to draw you in, like when it starts to like normalize again. We'll see. Let's just enjoy the initial wave, right? We'll oh, enjoy, yeah, of course. We'll enjoy the initial wave. Yeah. What I was thinking, like fantasy booking-wise, because Shayna Baszler has been like, you know, on a tear, and now that NXT's on USA, I'd bring Asuka back to face her. Yeah. Because she's never lost the title. That's like a storyline they could build up to like the NXT takeover in November. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of uh, Shayna. You're not supposed to be. She's back. I know, but it's just, I, I feel like there needs to be a change. Like okay. put it on Io Shirai, put it on hmm. Kyrie Cena. I, I wasn't in her. Maybe that Candice much. LeRae will win. We'll see. I hope so. I like Candice. She's a re- really good wrestler too. Like you know, big, big, big prime time. Maybe have a title change. That'd be nice. Maybe, maybe Candice we, paid her dues. Her and Joey Ryan were big tag partner, world's cutest tag team. They were. They were. T-shirt a hot topic. <laughs> All right, guys. Really appreciate everybody listening. Like I said, Eric. Adios, muchachos.